Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Matty Marshall, and I'm lucky enough to have Mike Hinman, who's coaching Dynasty now, but he's played for some big teams. Uh, played for the Bushwhackers, also played for Aftershock, and also played for Dynasty. Let me ask you this question. You get five guys to put out from your roster. You're playing for a million dollars, $500,000 of which you get to keep. Who would you put out there? Alex Goldman, no question about it. Ryan Greenspan, Yosh. Alex, Ryan, Yosh, Eggs, Oliver. That's a pretty. That's a. That's a Hall of Fame five dudes right there. If you're gonna tell me to put it on a one on one, I'll put it on Alex Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. It, who is? Do you think that Alex Goldman? Who's the best player? I mean, you've been around this game, and I want to get into your history for a little bit. But best dude you've ever seen play the game, just in general. Who do you think? What first 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 names that come to your mind? First names that come to my mind: Alex Goldman, Ryan Greenspan, Oliver Lang. Every dude on that team that I've played with, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you go back to the aftershock. Obviously, like Todd Adamson's got to be mentioned. You know what I mean? Because he just had an uncanny ability to know what was coming. We were playing a lot one time on aftershock. I was on Shock Tech. You know, again, I, the, Todd Martinez soul-handedly reason that I got on that team. He was on shock. He got me on shock deck. There's two V's on the snake side. The 50's open. It's like 245 yard line V's and there was an open space between them. Todd Adamson's in the back center and I'm, I mean, this is back when the guns were on cap, right? I'm shooting a turret gun. Yeah, bro. We had chain guns shooting 25 balls a second. I was literally 20 something a second with my shock tech Timmy. And I'm waiting, just waiting for him to stick his head out. I mean, it was a 150 field, so I mean, the shot couldn't have been more than 75 yards. It was a close shot. I sat there for a minute and a half, and finally I could hear everybody on the netting, like, you know, today, because there was nothing on that half of the field. It was just the back center, Dorito side, and the Dorito side couldn't see me. I shit you not, I sat there for two minutes, man, and I finally make the bump across, and as I go, Todd just does the Danny Love lefty lean, just completely gangster gats it across his body, and just... Like one ball smokes me right in the head, and I just stood up. I was like, and somebody said that like he's got a little green guy that sits on his shoulder and tells him when to look left and when to look right. <laughs> and he was that was another guy. I mean, it's tough though these days. Like the guys, those are the guys I've played with, but there's other great, great players. I mean, Damian Ryan. You know, I broke his balls more than anybody else through the years about playing down. He played in Duty One for I don't know, too many years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no question about it. Damien's a monster. You know what I mean? I went and partied with him after they won the PSP event in Chicago. I was going to pay 150 bucks for him to get on the on the stage and strip, but nobody really wanted to see that. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's another dude that's a great player. I mean, you go to Damage, uh, uh, Chad. I, I can't think of guys better than him. You know what I mean? Like, I, if you said to get a guy on the Dorito side, uh, Chad's a great, great paintball player. I mean. You, are we going to go big, Dave Baines? I mean, dude, I'm a big boy. He's a big boy. It was interesting, like, on Dave Baines, because, you know, in that interview, and when I was talking to him about that, you could very easily make the argument that in the past 10 years, there hasn't been a more successful player than Dave Baines. I mean, he played on, you know, he played on, he basically helped reform Avalanche. He was the captain, brought that team back from the brink, won a tournament with them. That was, their, you know, his first pro win. Then came on to Excessive with us, went one with Excessive, then he went to Dynasty, won with Dynasty. Uh, then he goes to the Russian Legion, Russian Legion wins two ch- world championships with them. Now he gets on damage, wins another world, he's won six world titles in ten years. I mean, like, and every single team that he's been on, not only has he has the team won and been one of the top teams, but he's also been a big part of that, you know? I agree. And he's, I... and he's 6'4", 240 pounds, you know, like... It's a big, big, giving hope for all the big men out there, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I mean, if somebody wanted to say Dave Baines was the best pound-for-pound player in paintball as a whole, uh, I'd dominate it. I'd what, second that. Yeah, what if God made him five foot nine and 150 pounds, you know? Like, Jesus, you know? That would have been... Yeah, I don't know. would have been some serious imbalance in the universe. <laughs> probably. I probably would have had to deal with that. But no, I mean, great, another great player. I mean... There's so many great ones to really name, though, you know what I mean? Like, I have been fortunate to play, you know, on Dynasty when I played and knew that that's where I wanted to, you know, no, we didn't win my last event, but that's where I wanted to end it, you know what I mean? So, for me, it's probably different than a lot of other players, you know what I mean? Like, 
I had the advantage of playing against, you know, good teams in the heyday, and I had the advantage of playing alongside, you know, even the core guys alone, but, you know, Quincy, Tyler Mashad, Danny Tiljack. There was just a ton of other guys in the di- Angel Fergoza, like another name, you know what I mean? Like, funny story, I, I left after shock on a Saturday, got on a plane, flew to Oakland. Dynasty was playing Bob. Kenny Rosenberg had broke his femur at the practice. They Todd called me and said that me and Mini Mike, Mike Cotto, they could get it. They would take both of us, no question about it, fly out. We quit, get on the plane. Saturday night, we're in Oakland. You know what I mean? Skinny and Todd pick us up, go to practice. It was, you know, Sunday practice, short, like half day. We make the team, so we're putting our order in for, like, pants. And, you know, like, it was pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like... You know, the pant size was 36 or something like that is what I wore. And uh, Angel says, uh, why don't you get him a pair of 38s? And I'm like, oh, man, you know, like just totally happy. And he's about, dude, he's about to cut me down to size. And uh, I'm like, oh, they run small. And he's like, no, so maybe you can get some fucking balls and grow into them, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Angel said that. <laughs> yeah. And then we drove the from... The gangster all... from Vallejo, dude. Yeah, <laughs> not playing around. <laughs> then we drove from there back to San Diego in rental vans that night. And I sat there the whole way thinking about it, like, man, someday I'm going to have to get this dude back. I never <laughs> did. Never did, but uh, it was a funny one. But So, well, tell me about, how did you, you know, let, let's talk about your history a little bit. I mean, people, a lot of people know you as the owner of Aftermath. If they've been, if they, if somebody's been at paintball for, let's say, five years, you know, they knew you as the owner of Aftermath, big-time coach. Now you coached Nancy for the past two years. Um, you also run a tournament series out here on the West Coast that's real successful, everyone loves. Um, you've owned paintball stores, but where did you, when I met you, you were, you know, kid playing up in Alpine, super cool dude, San Diego cat, you know, just yeah, like, I mean, I, really, I really cool younger kid. I think I met you when you were like 15 or 14 yeah. or something like that. I mean, I, uh, my dad, my start in paintball was out in the back country roads out here. My dad and I were out shooting real guns mm-hmm. and uh, saw a guy that my dad knew from his, when I was like heavy biker dude, one of his buddies walking down the road. He was a caretaker at a paintball field. Went out there, started playing one weekend and like all of us stayed in this game just got hooked, you know what I mean? Like it sunk into us and uh, my dad was a machinist in San Diego here. Die had just moved down here to Miramar, and uh, Tim Ramsey, the owner of the field, knew Dave, they were friends or whatever, and Tim talked to Dave, Dave was looking for a machinist, and my dad got a job there, so that definitely accelerated. Wait, is this Tim Marshall that owned the field? No, Tim Ramsey, the guy okay. Wild Woody's out in Julian, Okay. and uh, opened the door for my dad, my dad worked there for a year or two, and then moved on. But that kind of opened the door in paintball because it was like, I mean, going, you know, your dad goes to work every day at the paintball place. And how how old were you at the time? Like 15. And you, and how long did you play a couple times at that point? At that point, I just started playing. I played it, but we ended up moving out to the paintball field and living there and just playing full time. You know what I mean? Like every week, I think I played literally 52 weekends in a row. Like Christmas weekend, we were out in the snow, out in Julian playing. Like we played all the time, you know what I mean? And then, uh. Yeah, my dad worked there for a while, moved on, but, you know, like, met so many people there, like, for a while, while he was working there, I lived at Aaron Carter's house down there with Steve Ravikoff when Justin and Brandon were... And I think this is what, this has got to be 98 or 97, right? Some 97, Got to be like 97, 98, because when I got on the Ironman in 98, and and we, that same year, we went out to Alpine and played, that's when I met you. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, this has got to be like 98. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it all started, and, you know... I took a little bit of a break, I think, when I was 20 years old because I came down, which is obviously still on type 1 diabetic, and my health was just so bad. And like, that happened when you were 20? When I was 20, yeah. No way. How did you kind of find out about that? I like, just got sick. I was working at a machine shop here in Escondido, working like 50 hours, 60 hours a week. I thought I was just exhausted. Kept going to the doctors. They're literally like telling me to drink like Boost and like protein drink like energy drinks because we were working like 10 12 hour days it was when the economy was good machining yeah. was good and uh actually the back side of the doctor's door had the symptoms if you could be diabetic like blurry vision sweat like all these things and everyone was like check 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 check, check, no check right down the line and uh came down with that it was like summertime it was may june when i was found out that i was diabetic and i was so shot out from like 
just I was sucked up. My body wasn't right for over a month, you know what I mean? And uh, I took some months off through the summer because, I mean, summer out here can get pretty warm. SC Village is real nice in the summertime. Yeah, it's pristine. 100 degrees and the flies will literally take you away. <laughs> and uh, I took the summer off. That was the longest time I've taken off. And then just got on the Bushwhackers, rolled through that camp for a couple years, you know what I mean? Mike Paxson was on the team. Uh, you know, Ron always had fallout with his teams every year. It was, you know, I think I was started the year in LA on the amateur B third squad. And by the next event, I was on the number one squad and made it through the season. And then, you know, the seven man league started Huntington beach was the first ever event. And Ron was like, you know, we should go pro. And I'm like, man, we couldn't win an amateur. We couldn't even make Sunday in the amateur division. Now we're going to go pro. And I think we got like third or fourth at the first event there in the sand. You know what I mean? Next event did it again. At that point, I had a major blowout with Ron about some of the guys on the team. I thought there were some just heartless individuals on the team. And it was uh, 2003, yeah. It had to have been the first year of yeah. of that league. You know what I mean? And uh, unbeknownst to me, it, I was cut from the team without being told I was cut from the team. I mean, I actually called on a Saturday talking about practice on Sunday, and one of the guys was like, "Nobody called you." Like, no, he's like, we had a special meeting and Ron cut you from the team, you know. What, and why? Like, why did he cut you? Uh, I... Were you I, rocking the boat a little too much? Well, or? no, I blew up in the pits at one of the guys uh, against Joy Division. We almost lost a game and it was the kid just had no right to be on the field. It was one of Ron's buddies, you know, and uh, I came into the pit and just came unglued on him verbally, you know what I mean? It was just like, this dude sucks. And, you know, it was Ron. I shouldn't have said that, but... You know, Ron ran his team a special way, you know what I mean? It was his boys, his clique, which is understandable. And uh, I was cut, you know what I mean? Which was kind of a wake-up call. Like, uh, it wasn't, you know, we talked about it, Ron, I did. And he's like, it has nothing to do with talent. It just has to do with your attitude. Which my attitude is pretty shitty, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and uh, I was actually in Ramona at Velocity Paintball with Todd. Todd was on Aftershock. We were friends. I mean, Todd had, Todd, Mike Paxson alone had, those two dudes single-handedly had more to do with me being who I am today than my mom and dad making me probably, you know what I mean? Especially in the sport, like those dudes single-handedly. And Todd looked at me, he's like, I call Rennick right now and get you and Fish and Mini Mike. Because it was like the Three Stooges. Yeah, because you, know? you and Fish and Mini Mike were the crew. You yeah. Know? It was like the SoCal crew. Because yeah. I remember you were on Bushwhackers together and uh, and they were like, you know, Little dudes at the time, you know. I mean, obviously, me and Mike got a lot bigger, but Fish never really got that much bigger. No. But he was such a goddamn scrapper, you know. Just literally, literally on and off the field, such a fierce dude, you know. Yeah, and, you know, Ron wanted those dudes to stay. You know, it was tough because they didn't want to stay. Todd called Rennick within an hour. I drove from Ramona down to Escondido here, where I lived. Todd had called me back, you know, on you know my old Nokia phone, and uh, said, you know. You guys want to play, you know? You just got to get a ticket out there, try out. If it's good, Renick will get you tickets. Two weeks later, try out. I think the team was called Maxim. It was a 10-man team at, for a little bit. Maxim Magazine had a little bit to do with yeah, Keely was remember, on the team. I remember that, yeah. And uh, then we went to X-Ball, Shock Tech, and moved up. A year later, I was on Aftershock after a bunch of those dudes had left. Like Todd and Nikki and all those guys had bailed out. Kind of re did the Aftershock thing with a bunch of young kids. Did that for, was it a year? Like, Mike Carey was on the team. And uh, it just became a lot at that point. My now ex-wife and I had got together. My daughter was around. She was, I believe, pregnant with my second son. And it was just too much. You know, Rennick and the whole Aftershock, Shock Tech family took great care of us. You know what I mean? It just was too much, dude. That's when paintball was, again... On the way to the promised land and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's like 2005, right? Yeah, and Rennick, I mean, he had tickets every other weekend. We were flying into Midway, you know, direct flights in. So it's as easy as could be, but still four hours each way. Just got to be a lot, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, man, just... What was it like to plan? Because that was when Aftershock was kind of at the tail end. I mean, you know, Aftershock is up there with... You know, shit, man. When I started playing, it was Aftershock, Ironman, All-Americans. You know, you hated the All-Americans because they were from the East Coast and played, like, a pretty conservative style of ball. You loved, passionately loved the Ironman because I was, I was the Southern Cal or that was the California team. And then you respected Aftershock because they were, like, crazy lumberjacks, brass knuckles, crazy dudes from, like, the Midwest. And Aftershock destroyed people for years. What was it like kind of being around all those, like, you know, well, I mean, the Sermanskis and the Bruno's I always wanted to play for three teams. And it was Aftershock, 
no question about it, because like you said, there was the Lumberjacks, Gary, all Spud, and all the old dudes that came before my time, uh, Iron Man and Dynasty, you know what I mean? And that was my first break was onto that team, you know, I mean, I still remember going to my hotel room and my, you know, pants and jerseys were laid out with my name on it with the shock. I still had one with the tags on it. And uh, it was crazy, you know, going there. There's Danny Love and there's, you know, Rennick and, I mean, at that time, Bruno was still kind of on and off the team when he wasn't vacationing in the uh, jails in Chicago. <laughs> the penal system in Illinois. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all the old Billy Todd, like I said, you know, Ryan Williams was still on the team. It, it was great, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I handled that situation as well as I could have with the old guys because I think some of those guys were on their way out of paintball sooner or later. Well, that was, you were part of that transition. Though, yeah, you know? unfortunately, and looking back, you know, like, like, you know, when is, when is it time for the old guys to go? You know I, I, I had mean? that same situation on the Ironman. When we, we made that big transition with the Iron with Shane and Brahim and Marty and all those guys. And, you know, some guys were real vocal about wanting them to go, you know, like Davey and, and other guys were on the fence. And it was, that was a really, really rough time, man. You know, yeah. and that was like a, and we ended up doing well in the transition, but and fighting through it, but Jesus, man, that was behind the scenes. It was a nightmare. You know? Well, and for us, you know, like for myself, you know, wanting to get more young guys on the team. We had Shock Tech guys like Tyler Gerard were on the team, be it a Floyd, so, you know, Brian Rose Floyd, guys like that that I thought could do that job and probably had more longevity on the tank. And then once all those guys were gone, you know, Billy and uh, Brian Benini went back to the Ironman. I think Ryan Williams went over there, Todd Adamson went over there. Sure, the yeah, national team went over there. Yeah, but they weren't done, you know what I mean? And uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty, man. You know, looking back at it, it, it kind of sucked to be the, like the one of the guys spearheading, like, we got to make a move here, you know what I mean? But I, I think it was for the better. Those guys still went on with the Ironman. I mean, those guys all wanted to play together. They were all friends, you know what I mean? And that was the bottom line. If we would have kept two of them and three of them had to go, all five of them would have gone at some point because they were just all friends. And when they were done, Ryan Williams and all those dudes just checked out and they were done. But, uh, yeah, it sucked, you know what I mean? It's like that part of it sucked. But Aftershock was great. It was a great team. I mean, you talk, I mean, I remember like it was yesterday, a fight breaking out with the Texas Storm guys. Back when Avery and all those dudes were on the team, I mean, there wasn't a single dude on Shock and Shock Tech that wasn't willing to throw down, you know what I mean? Like, my boy Fish had shot, I think, Stephen Hicks in the goggles at point blank range, and Stephen, uh, dude was a monster, like, I mean, a 6'8", shot lightning bolts out of his ass, jumped Mississippi <laughs> in a single bound, you know what I mean? Like, he was no joke, and... Uh, Threw him on the ground, and man, before I could, I mean, I've never been one to back away from a fight, you know what I mean? And man, both the blue aftershock and yellow shock tech jerseys were running after these dudes down the field. I mean, every single dude, I mean, if one dude went, everybody went, which is kind of cool. You don't see that anymore in paintball, I don't think. You know what I mean? There's a couple dudes, you know, individually you don't want to play with, but as a whole, the teams weren't like that, aren't like that now like they were then, like... Well, that's actually an interesting point because when I started playing paintball, it was very much a man sport, you know? I mean, there were no kids in it, you know? So when I said I met you when you were 15 and you were a kid out there at the field, like, that was kind of rare, you yeah. know? I and mean, when I started playing at 15, got on that row when I was 16, I was surrounded by, you know, business owners, construction workers, you know, just grown-ass men, man. I was the youngest dude on the team by, like, 10 years almost, and... uh and and so you kind of had a little bit it was a way more rough and tumble um that was just part of the game you know it was just there was just kind of there was that intimidation factor and you know like but that was shock's big mo for a while and oh, you, you open your mouth somebody's gonna shut up for you with the quickness you yeah know I mean? you know and that but that's you know now obviously as we've it's got a lot more high profile it's become more of a sport you know that sort of thing and and that's definitely gone out of it and you know, which some people would say is a good thing, but being that we came from that era, you know, the heart that existed there and the willingness to, you know, do whatever you needed to do for your teammates and your homies, you know, like was, that was, that was always kind of, kind of, in, kind of a cool thing, you know, back then. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it was more of a brotherhood though, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like Fish or any of us, like you, you said, like me, Fish and Mike Cota, Mini Mike rolled together. I mean, there was nothing... 
I mean, there was an issue that went down one time here where somebody got hit with a tank and, you know, the guy was throwing punches on me. Fish was behind me, saw the guy throwing lefts and rights, which I was in no danger. I was, you know, you know, like, I was in no danger. Fish thought I wasn't, man. He cleaned the dude's clock. He split his wig, like, and was it the right, right thing to do? No, I mean, violence is not necessary. Even coming from me, like, it's not cool. But it was just... You were willing to go the mile for your friends, like, you know what I mean? Like, no question about it. I remember him and Dan Lee, Danny Love getting into a fist fight at a shock practice, and Fish rolled him up, you know what I mean? Shock, like, shit, I remember one time Rich actually didn't grab Fish, but I remember Fish had said something to Catfish yeah. at one point, and Rich told Fish, he's like, hey, come over here, you know? And you know, Rich, you know? And he was like, kind of gave Fish the business, and Fish didn't back down, because, you know, Fish never backed down from anybody, but he... he you know, kind of took the ass to him like a man. He was just like, tried to plead his case. But at the end of the day, Rich was like, look, here's the deal. That's my buddy. And I don't really know you. So don't be talking shit to him because I'm on this dude's side. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's, that's just how it was. You know? no, rightfully so. And I, I mean, the violence definitely is not necessary. Yeah. But the camaraderie. I'm just the, talking about like and, what it, it is what it no, was. No, it's willing to like whether we're here, we, you and I, we all walk right now over to Panera Bread or just the Love Boat Sushi down the street. <laughs> if somebody steps on your toes, like I'm more than willing to cut their foot off for you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> as simple as that and that's yeah. that element. And that's because it's been, we've had so much water on the bridge. Yeah, know? and I think that. I do the same for you. I think that aspect has gone out of paintball and I think that's, I don't know if it'll ever come back. But that's one thing. Like in Samon Dynasty, like if somebody crossed, say, Fridge, I there's no question in my mind that like Oliver and those guys, that core of dudes, would come unglued for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I think that's what keeps us going a little bit more. You know, you see so many players drop out of this game now. You know, like kids like even McCormick, you know? Mike McCormick, he's been staying at my house. He's been working in San Diego. You know, like those dudes aren't really brought in like, it used to be, you know what I mean? Like, Zach Wake's been injured, you know? I talked to Alex Goldman about it this week. He was playing WCPL in the Open Division. And he said, you know, Zach's been a little bit let down that none of our guys have picked up the phone and called him and been like, yo, how was your elbow injury doing? You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate, you know what I mean? Like, we all come up with a group of guys, and then those tough decisions have to get made, or you're better than me, or I'm better than you, and somebody goes on and somebody goes home. You know what I mean? And lost somewhere in there is that that camaraderie and that willingness to die for each other and be brothers, you know, because I've been through a lot of tragedy in my life. You know, my father, the guy Fish that we're talking about, he died, you know, on a motorcycle just like my dad did. And through it all, you know, my divorce this year has been pretty, pretty grisly, you know what I mean? And uh, through it all, you find your friends are about all you got left, you know, like, I'm sure a parent, no grandparents. I've, I've lost tons of friends and seen it all go down from the top to the bottom. And the one thing I've always had are my friends. And when you lose your friends in this game, you got to kind of wonder, was it really worth it? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and I think in our rush to that mainstream acceptance and trying to chase that outside sponsorship dollar and create these superstar teams and, you know, it's, it kind of paintball experienced a lot of those growing pains. And I, I think that, you know, we're kind of getting back to that, and I've talked about this before, but I think it's, it's you know, a point that needs to be made because I, I just see it happening is that it's gone a lot more back to that tribalism. You know, it's like, we're from this area of the world, you're from that area of the world. Like, you know, like look at Upton 187 crew, you know, I mean, they're all from Upton, Massachusetts or around in the Pacific, or up in the, the Northeast. You know, that's, we're all from this area, we're from Fox 4 Paintball, and we're going to smash everyone that we play, oh, totally. and they play like that, you know, they play. Actually ruined by those dudes, I believe it was in Chicago, we were all on the same floor, and at first, I wasn't 100% sure who they were, which kind of, I usually know a lot of the divisional players, like, that's, I mean, I even come up to the webcast, I know a lot of younger players, mm -hmm. I just didn't recognize a lot of them, but they were definitely, well, you heard them in the hallways, whether they were going to eat, or just fucking around, whatever it was, you know, like, those dudes were a gig, dude, then you do see it now, like, on Dynasty, I don't think the Ironmen are going to poach too many of our players, because our dudes just don't want to play for them, and likewise, dudes like Eric Humphreys and dudes like that on the Ironmen don't want to play for Dynasty, like, they are, like, die-cut Ironmen players, you know what yeah. I mean, and I don't think they have to worry about it, you know what I mean, and the dudes that aren't like that, 
are still mercenary. Like, we have other San Diego local talent players that are playing on other teams, like Marcelo for the Legion, you know what I mean? Marcelo's a great baseball player. I mean, number came one. up. He's number one in the league right now. It, no question about it, you know what I mean? But, like, right now, would he fit on Dynasty? I don't know right now. Would he fit back on the Ironman? I don't know, you know what I mean? It's not that he's a bad dude. Marcelo, and Marcelo's matured a ton over the years. Yeah, he, he's grown up real. He's only 22. He just turned 22. Yeah. But he's been, I think that's the one thing we look at Marcelo, because he's been around for so long. We know him since he was like eight. Yeah. You know, so die we, kids. Yeah, yeah, die, yeah exactly. Yeah, Ironman when he was 16, won a championship when he was like 16, 17. You know, I mean, he's been around for so long. So between travel and being around all these older dudes, like he's 22 going on 32, you yeah. know? No question about it. Yeah. Solid dude, you know what I mean? But you do see more of the, as you call it, the tribalism. Like you do see like our dudes, like, you know, Mike McCormick, you know, he could go get a trial for the Ironman, no question about it. Rainey came back, you know what I mean? And I saw Rainey coming back, but honestly, like. Rainey was one of the kids you brought up. Yeah, totally, you know what I mean? I, there's a bunch of them. So was Marcelo. Yep. So was Mouse, you know what I mean, with some help from the Ironman two or three different times. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you definitely, you could see, like, Iron, the Ironmen were a good fit for Rainey. Like, yeah, I didn't even ask him to come over. I mean, would it be great to have a dude like Rainey around? Yeah, of course, Rainey's a great player, you know what I mean? Yeah, he rolled but, in, and he's ranked 15th right now, yeah. right away, you know? like. But, he, and, you know, like Ryan Martin, you know, his name's come up in our camp, and it's just like, honestly, I don't know how well he would fit on this side of the fence, because that... That team is what he is, and it's good though. It's it's good. Like it's good to see it getting back to that point. There's still the X factor of it all, and I don't mean X factor as a team, which I love all those dudes too. Yeah. Need to make that public, uh, especially Alex Martinez. He's one of the best owners there is. Yeah, he's amazing. But uh, the money factor, you know, that's the only other thing is there's still a couple guys willing to throw a little bit of money around, and that's the one thing that'll change things. You know what I mean? That's true though. But I mean, being one of those, I call these dudes paintball patrons. Because back in the day, the only reason we know names like Michelangelo or, um, you know, Da Vinci was because they had rich, not, and they, well, at the time, they had rich patrons that basically sponsored them. They were like, you're a genius. You're amazing at whatever, you know. Well, I'm rich, so I'm just going to give you whatever you need to do what you do. Yeah. And in paintball, you see that a lot, man. I mean, in fact, there wouldn't even be, there would be no such thing as pro paintball if it wasn't for these guys who were of means. They're maybe they're not even rich, but they just have enough money so that they like, hey, you know what? There's just something about this sport, something about when we get all these dudes together and we travel the world and, and you know shoot at each other with paintball guns. There's just something about that that you can't get anywhere else. And so I'm willing to put up my hard-earned dollars to make sure that a bunch of these like poor-ass kids can get a life experience that they're never going to get anywhere else. You know, I mean, you're one of those guys that like you had aftermath and you had a paintball store, and you know, it's one of those things where. You know, you've been a paintball patron, and you had, you know, um, Aftermath, and you raised up all these pro players, and now, like you said, man, you got three kids, you know, you got stuff to do. It's like you're still coaching the team, and you really just do it for the love of the sport. What? Why? Why do you, why? Why, why do you do this? Why, why do you, why do you question, think paintball you know, patrons do it? Why do paintball players do it? Because paintball like, patrons, not the players. They do it because they want to go play paintball, but why do guys like Alex Martinez, you, you know, like just all these well, different... I mean, and you're Alex. I mean, I get like the names you brought up, like guys like myself. Alex and I both have been through divorces now in the last, I believe Alex's was a couple years ago. Mine was this year, still wrapping up. And uh, it's one thing we've had, you know, like you said, when I started this when I was 15, I'm 32 now. That's 17 years. I've been doing this longer than I haven't been doing it, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's one thing you can always go back to, you know? Like, not to get like too, you know, teary-eyed about it, but you know, there's times I stand out on that field, and I wonder about guys that are dead and gone. You know, guys from paintball that we've known, and more like obviously, dude, fish is tattooed on my arm. You know, uh, I, I, his ashes are in my house. You know what I mean? I talk to him every day. You know, I say goodbye as I roll out the house to him and my dad. But like, I, I sit out on those fields sometimes, and I wonder to myself if those dudes were still around. You know, it would be I. I I, f I feel them there, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that was what we all did together. My dad and I did. Mm -hmm. The week before my dad went, he was at SC Village in the catwalks, you know, the dirty net areas, watching Aftermath practice. You know what I mean? So that's why I do it. You know, Alex, I think, does it for that reason. Like, I've talked to Alex great length about it. You know what I mean? I just think that while guys, patrons, as you call us, have given this game money and resources and time, 
this game has also given us something back, you know, that we didn't maybe have in our personal lives. And that's some stability in the sense that, you know, no matter how bad it is, in two weeks I can head down to San Diego Airport and there's a ticket with my name on it. And now that I don't have to pay for it, that our sponsors pay for for me to go there, which is appreciated because every one of those dollars comes out of somebody's pocket, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we all get to go to these events and we get to see each other. And there's certain people I do like to see and there's a couple I don't like to see. But it's, you know, it's what we know. It's kind of like life for all of us is, I mean, silly as it is, it's just what we do. I enjoy, you know, like, if I only had to go to, you know, for me, it's a little different. You know, I do do a couple other events with Dynasty, then I do all the PSPs, and I do the WCPLs. It's a lot of paintball, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like, I still got the itch, dude. I still got the bug. It still got its hooks in me. When I'm at my events, you know, there's been some events where I've made a good amount of money. There's some events I've lost some money. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't mind losing money for it if that's what it is because we all remember being that kid that was hungry that was walking onto that field and didn't think we could beat the Iron Kids or whoever it was, and then you do beat them, and you realize, like, anything is possible in this game, any given Sunday. And in possible. this world. It's a metaphor and, and, for and, life. And in this world. But, you know, like, I mean, I'm a pretty good-sized dude now, you know what I mean? But, like... When I graduated high school, I was a buck sixty, buck seventy. You know, what I mean, I was no imposing force. Like I wasn't a big dude that people were like somewhat intimidated by. I was just a punk ass kid. You know what I mean? And in this game, I could put those goggles on and pick up that autococker and be a badass. And be a badass. You know what I mean? And like before me, a year or so before me, you'd say it was like Todd and Rusty locally, and those two dudes handled business. You know what I mean? And then the NorCal kids came down, and like BC and OP and all these kids. You know what I mean? And like you're like, I want to be one of those dudes, and you become one of those dudes, and it's just it's an achievable goal, and you know everything's achievable. But this sport of paintball, being a pro is not that hard. It's can we cut out the mental mistakes? Because physically, most guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're well, it's not a physical thing. It really has nothing to do with your physical attributes. It really. I mean, look at guys like. Dave Baines, um, Chris Hooker, uh, you know, well, I mean, Todd guy. Adamson. I mean, these aren't like Mike Paxson. Mike, these, yeah, these aren't physical specimens. These aren't guys that are gonna, you know, play in the NBA or you know, they, they're not physical. They're not super fast. They're you know, bigger dudes or or guys like Kenny Rosenberg. Kenny Rosenberg's five foot tall. You know, so but the thing with paintball is the gun's the great equalizer. And if you master your mind and you train hard enough and you have at least some innate talent to do it. But I mean, I've seen guys fight through a lack of what I would call talent and just through sheer tenacity over time because they put so much time into it. You know, it's like they say, uh, this book that Malcolm Gladwell wrote called Outliers, and he said that it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at something. You know, so for every genius that you see out there, you know, uh, whether it's Bill Gates or Yo-Yo Ma playing that, like those were his examples of you know Yo-Yo Ma, Yo-Yo Ma playing the the violin and Bill Gates creating computer um, computer programs. But those guys, if you look at how much time they put into it before they came world famous, put about ten thousand hours into it. You know, and so you know this is one of those things that it's it's so easy. You just pick up a gun and shoot at somebody, but it takes so long to master. But you can. It's an achievable goal, like you said. And it's at your own pace. If you want to put the 10,000 hours in over 10 years or over two, three years. I mean, we've seen guys come up in this game that you're like, how long has he been playing for? Keith Brown, you know, another dude on damage. That I mean, I know I believe he played with D1, was it R&T or one of those teams down there before he went to damage. But the kid hasn't been playing for a long time, but you know that he enjoys playing the game. Like, He's happy to be there. He was the 11th dude last year on damage because CJ was back. He rode it out, and he did. He put his hours in, and he stayed, kept his head up and his shoulders up, and now it's paying dividends, you know what I mean? And it's just, you know, like, you and I could want to be professional golfers, you know? 20 years later, we could still suck, you know what I mean? And 10,000 hours might not be enough in a sport like that, but in the sport of paintball, if you're somewhat level-headed and somewhat intelligent, it doesn't take a lot you know, like I really don't believe it. I've made mountains out of molehills, you know what I mean? Like guys that you're just like in other aspects of life have a hard time holding down a nine to five. But in paintball put it in and got it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's nothing better than that. You know, you've been there, I've been there. We've stood on that field on that Sunday. We've stood there on Sunday at World Cup and been like, Let's do this, you know what I mean? And there's thousands of players out there that'll listen to this that, that they, you know, whether it's the 50-year-old dude in his office cubicle 
whether it's the 16 year old kid that's listening to this on his iPod and is not listening to the teacher right now or whoever it is, you know what I mean? Like they, we all dream, we say what you want, but when the lights go out at night, we all think back to those times when we got to stand there yep. and put our time in and be on top of the world for just that one day. So, yeah. And it's, it's also one of those things where it's, you can like, you can love love, man. You know I mean? You know, some of us got lucky. Maybe we had some inherent talent, so we started higher. But you know, I, the store like look at what I said, and look at oh. you know CEP, look at um, all these other teams that have you know, vicious. You know, I mean, the, you know who just and who's next to come? And who's next to come? Who's going to be the next vicious? Who's going to be the next one eight seven? You know, it's you know, and that that's a it's very much an achievable goal. I mean, if 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 you just get some of your boys together, go play, you know, a WCPPL, go play whatever local affiliate league is out there and see where it takes you, man. You know, I mean, and there's now clearly with what the PSP has done. And furthermore, we're going to call some names out like Dave Youngblood, Lane Wright, Chris Rail. Those three dudes have helped steer this league more than any other three guys. And, you know, like, I've sat in with beatings for Dave. I've known Dave's for over half my life now, like I said. And the one thing he wanted to build was a clear ladder system from the bottom to the top. And now that is achievable. Like, where are you from? You're from the Northwest. There's the WCPS. You're from Florida. There's Central Florida. There's CFOA. You know what I mean? You're from Central, you know, you've got Vicious Series, and I was all the way up in Chicago. Shit, you're from Brazil. They got, yeah, I mean, they got it matter. everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you are that dominant locally, then step up, boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Step up. Like let's let's do World Cup's coming, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was I was, you know, I mean yeah. honestly, I was looking at the list on my iPhone. I might even still have the list for World Cup. I have the list for uh yeah. This is the list on my on my internet right now. This is for New Jersey because I was looking at the D1 teams playing there. Mm-hmm. Like I literally have the list up on my phone and if I go back one, it's the one for World Cup. I'm already looking all the way to D4 and Masters, who's playing there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody that wants to do it can do it now. Money's tight. Our economy sucks. You know what I mean? That's not getting any better. But, uh, you know, if you save all your nickels and dimes and do the car wash and do whatever you got to do on a local level to get to World Cup. Wrap some tournaments, whatever you got to do. Yeah, and I mean, that's available for a lot of local teams. You can get there, you know? San Diego Pirates are a team that started in my league. We did one tournament one year, one race to two. They won it. The next season, they won like three more race to two events, and every time it was a free entry into the next one, to the next one. Finally, I think they lost one, but still went to World Cup, and I believe they won the overall in that, you know, in D four, and that was just a local team stepping up. And that was D four. They ended up winning. D4. We won a D one in the beginning of this year. They've yeah. fallen apart since then a little bit on the field at least. Yeah. But, but they've, had uh, some, they've had some bumpy, some bumps in the road, some learning experiences for their ownership. Tom's a good dude. You know what I mean. Uh, they're learning as they go, but you know, another great example, uh, Fusion from up north, another NorCal team. I mean, that team, Aftermath is known for what we did. In my opinion, Fusion is a team that probably has produced as many good young players. I mean, people just don't realize that those players went to excessive and teams like that. I was talking to Fetty, uh, Nita, they own the team. Fetty's, I mean, he thinks there's six, seven, eight players they've produced for excessive at one point or that's been cut, kept, whatever. They're another solid young team and they're D1. I think they're fourth or fifth overall. And right now, first or fifth, I think is separated by 20 points. And don't be surprised to see Fusion in the top three at the end of the year. Like, don't be surprised. And there's a lot of good young teams. It's an achievable goal. And sometimes, you know, the the destination isn't quite as important as that journey. You know what I mean? A million percent, man. A million percent. Because when you look back, like, Man, I won some big tournaments and did some awesome stuff out there on the field. But when I look back, what I really remember is, and it's cliche and it's cheesy, but it's so fucking true, man. Is it like, I remember all the guys I met along the way, man, all the trips we went on. You know, I remember traveling the world with these dudes and, you know, yeah, there was some amazing paintball and like, don't get me wrong. I mean, that was, that was something I'm proud of, you know, and I'm glad that I was a part of and that I was able to achieve those things. But yeah, I mean, it, it is it is absolutely not, you know, the winning those first places or being a really good player. It, it's it's really more about, you know, I can call up Eric Roberts or call up Catfish or Shane or they call up these 
or, oh. or, or send an email to somebody in Sweden and like have an inside joke about something that happened in Spain 10 years ago, you know, like that's what it's about. You oh, know? Yeah. That's what that's what, and I do see it still, you know, like uh, Tristan that we talked about earlier, great friend of mine off the field. He played with Fusion at the last event and uh, our awesome hotel didn't have a printer in it. So I couldn't get field out. So I called Tristan. I'm like, yo, print me some out. I'm going to come swoop him. Go over there, and he's like, yeah, we're in room whatever, 222, you know what I mean? And I walk up there, and there's like eight dudes in this room, and it smells like just straight ass, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's literally like seven, eight dudes in there. It's half some of the excessive guys, a lot of the fusion guys, because, you know, excessive doesn't play that league. Their dudes are all over there, and it was kind of like, I smiled about it, you know what I mean? So it was like, that's what paintball's about, is like piling a bunch of dudes into a hotel room, and... You know what I mean? Telling lies as loud as you can. As you like, yeah. just letting it rip, you know what yeah. I mean? And like, that is what it's all about, you know what I mean? And there's no other sport like this. You know, if there was, we'd be playing that, you know what I mean? We're all still here, and the hair is starting to get gray in our faces, and our, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's just looking at, yeah, absolutely, dude. Well, yeah. not it's all of us, though, but you know what I mean? Like, it, we were all young kids that couldn't even grow hair on our face, and now we just keep getting older and older with it, so. Yeah. It's a crazy trip. So before we go real quick, so tell me about your league, man. You know, it, tell me about what's WCPL going on. WCPL was created, I believe, four years ago. Uh, we switched over to the Race 2 format two years ago full-time. We did one event the year before that. It's, you know, primarily a West Coast league. A lot of it's based out of Southern California. Our last event is, I believe, November 17th, 18th, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, it was going to be our final. Uh, you know, it's just with the fall of other local leagues that we didn't really have any expo on the West Coast. The West Coast was primarily like a seven man thing. Hold out pretty much. And you know, uh, you know, people want to play seven man. That's cool. You know what I mean? But to me it was as a competitor, I played both formats and uh, I loved X-Ball. You know what I mean? Like I really loved X-Ball. You know what I mean? And you know, I, I was a young kid that came up here on these streets of San Diego and playing these local tournaments and, we all talk about if I was the guy in charge, if I was that dude, and I'm in a position where I can be that dude, you know what I mean? So I put my money where my mouth was, and I did a league, you know what I mean? And the WCPL is that, you know? For the value, yeah, it's the best value you can get, you know what I mean? The PSP has helped out. They got us the new scoreboards this year. When you come to one of our events, it's pretty close to what you're gonna see at a PSP event, you know what I mean? Does it have the trade show? No. Does it have the pro teams? Definitely not. Should you go to a PSP? Yes. You know what I mean? Everybody should go to World Cup. Like I'm telling you right now, like we just moved our last event, was supposed to be mid-September. We pushed it till November because I want every West Coast team that can to get to World Cup. Whether you go 0-4 or 4-0 and play Sunday or don't play Sunday, Sunday night, We'll be at Son of the Beach. You know, <laughs> I'll be standing just on top of the bar, just dude. getting retarded. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? absolutely. And uh, it's it's a good local league. You know, we just opened our division two to an open division. We call it now, where any amateur or lower team can play in it with up to two pros on it. We saw Bobby Mouse, Ryan Martin, Toki, Marcelo, LJ. There was a bunch of those dudes were out playing. Uh, Mikey Liu from the Naughty Dogs with Matt Chim mm -hmm. was down. You know what I mean? Um, it's solid. I mean, the competition is good. Like, yeah, I heard really good reviews. Coming consistently, from the teams that have won in our league have come over to the PSP side of the fence and done well there too. It's you know we're not starting the East Coast West Coast battle. I'm not trying to get shot like Tupac and Biggie did. You know what I mean? <laughs> but simply put, like we have great weather out here. You know, there's no reason we can't play 365, and there's no reason we shouldn't have good players out here. And it's a good way for young kids that want to play paintball that right now maybe you just cannot afford to play in the major leagues to keep your feet wet in it. You can be in the world rankings, you know, you're up there with those other names. And we do see like last year, the Vipers flew out a lot. We've had teams from Texas and so on and so forth come across Boise, and Washington, all these teams coming down to play in our league. So, you know, we're hoping to Vegas, looking into Vegas, trying to hope for some bigger turnouts with teams, but we consistently have 30, 40 teams at every event. And, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, on that, I got to think die in the PSP, you know, Dave himself is just, he's pumped in some money into it to help keep it alive. And with no real, he's gotten nothing back out of it. You know what I mean? Whether it's jerseys or scoreboards or bunkers, Dave's pumped in. And, uh, it's 
a solid local league, man. You know, WCBL. It's do you got a website? Like, where can they go? You know, we do at WCBL.com, and then PB Nation. We have our own sub forum on there. That's where most of the information goes through. We've had an issue with some people leaving the organization, some password issues on our website. We we got to do this redo that whole thing. But PB Nation. Paintball players, uh, paintball-players.org, the APPA site, mm -hmm. registration, there's information through there. You know, once you're signed up for an event, you'll get emails, the email blast that the PSP and the affiliates send out, you know what I mean? But uh, it's a great way for young guys to get their feet wet. And if, you know, if you want to be the big dog, go up through a local league like this or like the other many, you know, I don't know how many there is now, 20, 30 other regional leagues now across the world. Become the big dog in your own backyard and then step up, you know? And you can be like the Pirates of one Galveston or Fusion, you know, teams. Those are West Coast teams that I can say that we're proud to put our name on. The Golden State Knights this year, I believe we got third in Phoenix. They'll go to Cub. I mean, there's a bunch of teams from here that have stepped up and done well, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm, like the Pirates have got, I believe, four wins in the PSP now between D1 to D4. That's cool, you know what I mean? That's because of what we did. And I'm happy, you know, everybody's paying it forward. And I think I've done my my fair share of paying it forward, you know what I mean? And giving back to the game that's given me so much. And that's why I did it, you know what I mean? Because if I hadn't done that, there would just be other little local leagues that are kind of piss poor, you know what I mean? And it wouldn't be a good place. Like, you know, for too many years, we've all traveled to the East Coast to play the teams out there. But then we get there and it's like, oh, Dynasty plays Ironman. And you think about it for a while, we had legacy, excessive, LTZ, Aftermath, Dynasty, Ironman, and Infamous, I believe. Mm -hmm. At one point playing in the PSP, and what, I got to fly to Florida to play the same dudes that I'm going to see at Camp Peloton, or at that time, Raza, yeah. on the weekend, you know what I mean? Like, can we just stay home, send us a couple refs, and, <laughs> and we'll send our teams out, so, you know? We have a good talent base out here, and it's we're just trying to keep it alive, you know? Hopefully our... Economy doesn't keep sliding further down the toilet. So I think that's hurting everybody right now, you know? Yeah. I'm just glad you're keeping the fires lit for Southern California paintball, man, because we're all doing everything we can to keep the fires lit for paintball in general. And yeah. it's just so good to, you know. Well, it's good to see, you know, really locally, you know, like whether it's, you know, like I said earlier, like the X Factor dudes, the BKIT, you know what I mean? Like, that's kids that, in Texas. You know, like that fire there or here, you know, like, of course, I want to see Southern California paintball be better than anywhere else. But by no means am I going to piss on anybody else's parade to get there, you know? Yeah. We're all going to go to the tournament, and if we're not the best, and those dudes are, like, I don't think we've lost yet this year. We've been beat every time, and we've been beat by teams that deserve to beat us, you know what I mean? And if Damage deserves to beat us, or the Russians deserve to beat us, or 187 deserves to beat us, then I'll shake every one of those dudes' hands and next time. And that's just what it that's is. That's why there's always the next tournament, man. And that's what we look forward to, you know what yeah. I mean? And, like... It can be fun if you let it be fun, you know what I mean? And like for a long time I didn't do that, you know what I mean? Like I was so focused on winning and not enjoying every aspect of it. Like of course, any competitor hates to lose. You can keep second place. I don't even want to pick those medals up. Well, it was funny, like Marcelo took second place at your event. Oh yeah. And I don't know if you saw his Instagram post, but it was of the second place medal. And he's gotten three second places this year. I don't know what he's done in Europe, but uh, I can't remember. If it, but so anyway, but it, the caption was just classic. It was like, oh, second place again. If I get one more second place trophy, I'm going to use it to choke myself. <laughs> I think when we were handing him those medals, it was kind of like, oh, here's another second place for you, buddy. <laughs> but, you know. But then again, sometimes you cannot win every Sunday, no matter how great you are. It doesn't matter. How and again, hat off to Marcelo, dude. He's a soldier. And I'm proud to see where that kid's come from and where he's gone to from being a little dirtbag up at velocity to where he is now standing at top of the world on the Russian Legion and just being a top-notch player you know dude's a, dude's a gangster like I have respect yeah so well Mike thank you for your time yeah man appreciate it I'm, I hope we'll get another one of these podcasts in here yeah definitely anybody out there that sees me at the event I mean I think it's a popular misconception that I'm like a scary dude or whatever just come say what up you know what I mean I'm horrible with names I'm horrible with names and dates. I mean, I know my kids' birthdays. That's about it. I don't even know my own mom's birthday. As bad as that is, I'm dead serious. But uh, besides that, man, come say what up. I hate when I don't remember people's names, but tell me where we met and, like, come say what up, man. You know what I mean? Catch me at a restaurant or something like that. You want to come sit down and have a beer? Like, let's chop it up. You know what I mean? Like, 
Come say hey. That's all I'm saying. For sure. Well, um, do you want to thank your sponsors or anybody? Yeah, of course. You know, on Dynasty, I want to thank, you know, Eclipse, Key, those guys, Gorilla Air. I want to thank all the Dynasty guys, you know what I mean, the family. You know, Eric Crandall, everybody, Brad, of course, all the guys on the team that make it happen. I want to thank everybody just along the way in my career. You know, there's so many people that I can't name, but if you're out there, you know who you are. You know what I mean? If you've helped me at one time or another, I want to say thanks, man. And, uh, you know, my kids, Caitlin, Bryce, and Colin, you know, I love them to death. Someday if they hear this, you know, that's my biggest... It'll live forever on the internet. The biggest fight I have to stay in this game is missing birthdays and times with those kids, you know. Like, we had Bryce induced early, so I didn't have to miss Chicago one year. Well, maybe he'll get old enough and then you can... Caitlin and Bryce have been traveling to the events. And that's the next hope of Aftermath ever coming back is when Bryce turns 10 or 11, I told him I'd rebuild the team for him. Not at the pro level, but like a divisional team for him to start. Start in the regional league, work his his way up, you know, work Aftermath back in the mix. I was thinking about having Todd build, like, make a Raza jersey for him with his name on it because he comes out to practice and lets, like, Uncle Tristan will let him, Bryce, shoot him, which was pretty gnarly. Bryce and Kayleen shopped about a hopper on that kid, not that Tristan could do any more brain damage. It was definitely pretty funny, and he that's what he's asking for. And he's still seven, eight years old, so he's a little young. Little but he, young. he wants a gun. Like, that's what he wants, his own gun, so he can run and do drills at practice. Almost Which, there. Almost, almost there. there. But besides that, man, I just want to thank everybody, you know, in the game that's been positive with everything. Just, you know, just keep having fun, and, you know. And we'll keep moving it forward, man. Keep, keep paying it forward and keep going on. And hopefully, you know, in 30 years, we'll all be real gray-haired and old and wrinkly and... We can talk about back when in Hot 6, you know what I mean? <laughs> back in Hot 6. All right, well, uh, you've been listening to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Matty Marshall, and uh, thanks to Mike Kinman for sitting in with me. We'll see you guys next time. Well, thanks for listening to The Real Deal Podcast, brought to you by PaintballAccess.com. And there's a wealth of content on the site. There's videos from the past events. There's player statistics. We have stories and blogs from the top players in the game. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. That way you guys can stay in touch with all the news and events in the paintball world. And to find a local event near you, make sure you check out PSPEvents.com. There's tons of affiliates all over the world. So whatever level of paintball you happen to be playing at, even if you play rec and you want to get into the game, uh, you definitely can find it on PSPEvents.com. Also make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, MattyMarshallSD, and let me know who you guys want to hear from on this podcast. And if you like the podcast, make sure you tell your friends about it so we can keep doing this. So thank you guys for tuning in to The Real Deal, and be sure to listen in next week.